Imagine you're accused by your own brother of murdering a friend and ditching the body in a lake. There's a mountain of circumstantial evidence to back it up. You're staring at a death sentence. What do you do? You hire a young lawyer in Springfield, Illinois, named Abe Lincoln to try to save your neck. And the story is so bizarre that Lincoln later writes it up for a newspaper. This is the story behind Abraham Lincoln, true crime writer. Hi, welcome to the Weird World Podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Dean. Is this going to be a 12-parter? No, it's going to be a oh. one-parter. Oh! <laughs> She's making fun of me, listeners, and it's not very nice. Just a little. I like to offer some details when it's available. This one actually went to some original sources. I'm pretty I'm patting myself my own back there. You contacted Abe himself? I did. Oh, I good. had a seance with a Ouija board. <laughs> is this going to, is the entire podcast going to be in second person? No. Why? What do you mean? Your tease was. Oh yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No, because that. I thought that would be an interesting twist. That'd be weird. Yeah. Not, not a lot of stuff written in second person. No. There used to be a podcast that was all in second person. Really? Yeah. And it was it was anonymous. It was a it was like the life story of a very interesting famous person from mm. way before they were famous. And so it was like you have to guess who you are, kind of thing. Oh, it wasn't Abraham Lincoln, was it? No, they never Phew. did Abraham Lincoln. But it's pretty interesting, as far as I know. They're not doing it anymore. And, Our, I, forget, and I forget the name of it. <laughs> thank you. Our story takes place in 1841. Long time ago. Yes, it's in Springfield, Illinois. Springfield was a small but growing town of about 2,500 plus people at that time. It had just been named the capital of the state of Illinois about four years before that. And in fact, the capital building had only opened up about two years before that in 1839. So it was, it was pretty new. It was, by the way, the third capital in the 20 or so years of the existence of the state of Illinois. Really? It's really common back then. California, I think, is on its Sacramento is the fifth or sixth capital. What? It was very common. What were previous capitals? Monterey. What? Um, Benicia. Are you serious? I'm dead serious, yeah. Like They're, the literal official capitals yep, were those? Yep. Was San Francisco capital at one point? I, it might probably. Yeah, I thought I it was. Know. So huh. that was not I'm uncommon. Shocked. You did it for, Texas had a big thing where they moved their capital to Austin and, where did they move from? I guess, was it Dallas? Was it Houston? I mean, it was Houston. And huh. they tried to move it back and they stole records and this big, almost a mini civil yeah. war within Texas to get the capital to be huh. at Austin and stay at Austin when they're still a country. So it was not uncommon. And you did it because like land schemers and land developers would try to get the capital because the, the previous capitals of Illinois were like Vandalia and Kaskazi or something like that. Ever heard of those towns? No. I didn't think so. Springfield is not exactly a massive metropolis, but still it, it exists yeah. as a decent size city and its its local economy is very much dependent well, on the Well, didn't Chicago capital. exist at the time? Why? They, a lot of times the states did not want to have the capital be the big dominant city. city. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty common as well. Yeah. So for Illinois, it became Springfield. Hey, listeners, you're welcome for an impromptu little history of Illinois there. <laughs> I did not plan, but anyway. <laughs> and capital cities. Capital cities, yeah. So the move to Springfield, by the way, was in part due to the efforts of a young lawyer, an immigrant from Kentucky named Abraham Lincoln. We'll catch up with Abe in a while. Yeah. Okay. Our story centers on three brothers, the trailer 
brothers. They had moved to Illinois in 1829 together as one. This was very much the frontier at the time, especially in 1829, even by 1841, Springfield was still kind of, you know, it was, it was not like the people were afraid that Native Americans were going to, you know, kill them anymore at that point, but it was still pretty unsettled and, you know, rapidly populating country as the Western frontier of the U.S. as it sort of migrated westward for the rest of the you know, century and beyond. Mm-hmm. By the way, just for our listeners, I'm spelling it even though you don't know that, <laughs> T-R-I-A-L-L-O-R. Some sources spell the last name T-R-A-I-L-E-R. I'm going with Abraham Lincoln, though, who spelled it with an O. That's good enough for me. Okay. So the first brother is Archibald. He was the youngest, about 30 years old. He was said to be serious, industrious. He made his living as a carpenter, but had yet to marry and he lived in a boarding house owned by his business partner, someone named Mr. Myers, who never does get a last name. Check so many sources. His last name is Myers. No, uh, I'm sorry. It isn't the first name. Oh. That's Archibald. Henry was the next brother up. He was a couple years older than Archibald or Archie. We'll call him Archie. I like Archie much okay. better. It's a cute name. And I think he did go by that. Henry Trailer was a married man. And he was a farmer who lived with his family in a place called Clary's Grove in Menard County. It's a rural town about 25 miles or so northwest of Springfield, where our story will mainly take place. The oldest brother was William. He lived on a farm in Warren County. I don't know. It's like something like 80 or 90 miles further northwest of Clary's Grove. So think 100 to 120-ish miles northwest of Springfield. Okay. Hope so they're... Out. Pretty far. They're, they're pretty from far each apart. Other. Although the, the first the Archibald and Archie in, in Springfield and Henry in Clary's Grove are just about twenty five miles apart. It's it's but in those days that would yeah, that's take true. A while to that's true. Travel twenty five miles. Yeah, William was the oldest. By the way, he was his late thirties. No, none of them have a very definite age. So yeah. that's common for the time. William was married or had been married, and he had started a family. But now, when our story takes place, he was widowed. And he had several children Aww. that he was raising on his own. Life was pretty hard for him, but he was getting by. William, again, he's in the farmer. He's up in Warren County. He had a friend named Archie Fisher. To avoid confusion, I'm just going to call him Fisher okay. throughout. That's okay with you? I think most people did. Fisher was 50 plus years old. He's kind of this handyman or I think like a hired hand. As far as long as anyone can remember, he just sort of traveled around the state this is kind of central Illinois, and he would just do odd jobs for people. You needed a barn or whatever, he would help you out. Very often, he would live at the house of his temporary employer with room and board, maybe as part of his pay. Right. And it was not uncommon, by the way. Hired mm-hmm. hands, you know, they would wander. Very, it was not uncommon at all for people just to wander up to farms, say, you need anyone for a while, things yeah. like that. So he would do that. He'd go to houses, you need anybody? Okay, I'll build you a fence, whatever. Fisher was said to have been very just sort of economical, very, very simple life. He did his work. He got his wages. He was often roomed and bored by his employers. Otherwise, just a simple life. This led to rumors that, hey, this guy must have a little bit of a stash set aside. This guy must, I mean, he just, you know, he's not making a lot of money, but he's not, not spending, spending any money. money yeah. So, and he's done, doing this for years and years, as long as anyone, again, can remember. So they thought, this guy's got a pile somewhere, probably in his possession. People didn't trust banks so much yet. I mean, there were banks, but people just thought maybe this guy's got some money stashed away. He might be this 
this old old man in the fifties in that time. Yeah. <laughs> there was an old man who had this kind of secret stash. That was rumors. Who knows okay. how true they were? Late May, eighteen forty one, William Trailer decides, hey, it's a good time to go visit my brothers. So, and we have to assume. I didn't see anything about this, but we have to assume that his oldest kids were old enough to take care of the younger kids. I hope, maybe, for the Probably. sake of his. I mean, he was in his late thirties, or yeah. said so. If you had a, back in those days, yeah, he could have had late teens kinds of kids. He started pretty early, so let's let's give him the benefit of doubt and say yeah. he had kids to take care of the farm while he was gone. He was only gone for a couple of few days. He invited Fisher, his handyman and, and lodger, to come along, keep him company, meet his brothers. And they're going to see the sights. They're going to go to Springfield. Mm, that was exciting. It was the new <laughs> capital. It was kind of, it was kind of, you know, kind of exciting. They go first to Clary's Grove, pick up Henry, and then make their way on down to see the sights of this booming new capital. Be fun. Mm-hmm. Fisher was in. Yep, I'll do it. Ping is what I assume the conversation went. That was spinning in a spittoon. That was in a spittoon. Okay. Yeah. Was that pretty good? With my own sound effects. Well, I well. You knew what it was. Because I saw oh, what you did. Well, I didn't really spit. Listeners, I didn't really spit. I faked <laughs> spitting. The two men hopped into a buggy called a Dearborn. It's a type of buggy. There's a little, I think a little buggy probably just held the two of them, maybe a little bit of, you know, luggage space behind you. I imagine it was pulled by just one single horse mm-hmm. and they set out. They headed southwest toward Clary's Grove again first. The next day on Sunday in the evening, it's May 30th now. They got to Henry's home. Henry probably, I'm assuming, passed around a jug of whiskey. And they're having fun. They just had, they chatted and talked and they spent the night. Is that a detail you just made up? I did. I did. I'm going to assume that they passed around a jug of whiskey. Yeah. A jug. A jug. Okay. Don't you think a jug? A bottle. We can go with a bottle, I suppose. Anyway, they had a good time (laughs) visiting. I don't know. What do you do back then? You just sit. Yeah, you just sit and talk to each other. Uh-huh. That's or that's not even talk. Ter- terrifying. Sing songs. I get. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird how people would just say, "Hey, someone play piano," and then the entire room of, of people would sing songs yeah. together. So yeah, I don't say yeah like human beings do that nowadays. That's just super weird. Can you imagine going to a party and everybody sort of singing a song while someone played a piano? I'll bet they do. And you very would leave. Cultured homes. You would freak the fuck out. <laughs> I absolutely would not leave freak as soon out. as you could. Because it'd be frightening. You'd think you got stumbled into a cult. You'd want to no. go home. I, I know I would. And I think weird. everyone else out there would too. I think, Carrie. Okay. We just don't have musical friends. You really think there are people out there <laughs> singing songs around piano? I'm sure there are. Outside of portions you don't think of rural people Utah, go to no. John Legend and Chrissy's house and sing songs. And he says, no, because I make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'll bet you that they song. do. Is what uh, you want to believe. Maybe, okay, maybe John Musical Chrissy. listeners, tell us who's right. Maybe. I mean, just normal people. There's not, there's not, not professional musicians, just normal people. Back in those days, they would do that, and that's weird to me. Uh, yeah. And it's weird I, to you. I bet just, there's musical, talented people that do that now. I think you're being weird for saying it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> so they entertained for the night, and Henry said, sure. I'll join you guys. I can do it. Let's go down to Springfield for a day or two and visit our oldest brother, William. Okay? So, I'm sorry, our, our younger brother, Archie. So, William is with Henry at the house right. and the friend Fisher, and they okay. said, oh, I guess we're going to continue okay. on down to Springfield, okay. and we're going to visit Archie. So, so Henry knows Henry and Archie know nothing about this. I don't think so. Plan. I mean, they could have written. They could have written a letter. Okay. Hey, why don't I come by? Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. 
I'm I'm assuming they did. Probably. They wrote letters back then. Although, it's funny you say that because I actually did have to look up news uh, information about the postmaster. Yeah. And Springfield had did have a postmaster. But in the early days, Illinois, you could sometimes have to go 10, 20, 50, 80 miles to get postal your service, wow. to get your nearest yeah. mail back in, in the frontier days. By this point... Springfield had mail. I don't know, but I, you know, I don't know. It was not as easy as I think it was. Yeah. So you, you didn't know. Sometimes you just go, he'll be home. We'll just head on down there. Yeah. I don't know. It's Monday morning. They leave. It's May 31st. They set up for Springfield. William and Fisher are back in the buggy. Henry is following along on his horse. Wasn't far. Now, again, this is yeah. the closer leg of it. So they got to the Capitol by about noon that day on Monday. The plan was to stay maybe a day or two, and they figured they'd sleep at the boarding house where Archie lived. Yeah. So they must have known there was room, or they figured if they if they couldn't sleep there, they'd find room in, in somewhere, somewhere else, in town. Yeah. yeah. So, but the idea was they're going to sleep at the boarding house. The brothers and Fisher joined some of the other residents at the boarding house for a nice little lunch, and then right after lunch, they said, "Hey, you know what? Let's go take a walk. Let's go look at the sites. That's why we're here. All four of them, all three brothers now." And Fisher are going to see the sights of Springfield. Yeah. Now is when our story takes a turn. Uh oh. The four men must have, I guess, seen enough of the town, and it's not that big, and decided, okay, we're going to continue our walk and we're going to go out into the woods that surrounded Springfield at the time. It was becoming agriculture, farms were creeping up, but there's still lots of forest not too far away, not mm-hmm. too far out of the, I guess, you know, the city footprint, I suppose. Later, witnesses would come forth to say that they saw the men exit through some homes, like I guess cut through some homes along a street, and they headed into the woods to the northwest of this burgeoning, but still pretty small town of Springfield. They must have somewhere along the way have become separated because by later that afternoon, the brothers realized they lost track of Fisher. One moment is like he is there. We were off gambling through the woods. Yes, yeah. I'm trying to be the word gamble, as you know. And the next moment he was it, or at least that's how we have to sort of reconstruct it because they got back to the Boyden house, the brothers did, and no Fisher. Fisher was not with them. Some of the boarders said, hey, where's your friend? What happened to Fisher? And they figured, well, you know, we lost track of him. We got separated. He must still be out there having a good time. Not a big deal. Don't worry about it. He's kind of a strange guy, by the way. Fisher is. He does have a little bit of a reputation, maybe even a little bit of mental issues. Whether or not they told the borders this, I don't know, but later we'll we'll find out that that was true. Mm-hmm. So they, they didn't seem very worried about it. He's going to turn up. Still, the other borders kind of said, you know, you might want to go check. Go check in the forest. What if something happened? Yeah. Go, go look. And they said, yeah, you know what? That's a good call. So they did. All three brothers now, the trailer brothers, separated. And they went out to different parts of the mm-hmm. woods, all to search, I guess, to, to better cover some more ground. Yeah. Over the next couple hours or so, all three brothers returned back to the boarding house one at a time. The last one to return came in, in quote, after tea time. So I'm thinking that's, I don't know what, 3.30, 4 p.m. or a little bit later than that. Because tea time yeah. was, I think, was like 3.34, wasn't it? Are we in Great Britain? Why are no, we doing Americans tea had tea time quite frequently in the 19th century. Really? Uh, he, that he came in after tea time was written by Abraham Lincoln. Huh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I have heard that a little bit. I, I think it, it, it was not too long from going out of style, but yeah, we had, and people knew when tea time was. Right. Doesn't matter, this is 1841. This is not crazy long after we were a colony. I always thought tea time was at four. 
I think about it as that. I looked it up in one store. Said it was like three thirty or four o'clock. Yeah. So sometime in the late afternoon, they had all come back, but they they came back one at a time, saying, "Uh, uh-uh, haven't seen him." Yeah, Fisher. You know, I still think they thought that they weren't. They didn't seem very worried. He'd surely turn up for supper or just after supper. By the way, they have all those weird things like. Dinner was lunch. Yeah. Supper was dinner. That kind of you know have to you have to be careful with those things because yeah. Lincoln's using those. This, almost this, this entire account more or less comes from Abraham Lincoln. So they figure, okay, at least by morning he'll come rolling in. We're not. We're still not that worried. But when they woke up the next morning, uh, uh-uh, uh, still no Fisher. Now the brothers did seem okay. Maybe this is getting serious. Maybe we're a little worried. Let's go look again. So even before they had breakfast, they all went out, and apparently at this point, some boarders also joined them. Yeah, and they went and searched, came back for breakfast. After breakfast, the three brothers and some of the boarders went out again, searching everywhere they can think of, all over the town. Again, not a big town, and all over the woods surrounding the town. This was now Tuesday, June first. By something around noon or so, they had given up. There was nowhere else they could think to check. Mm-hmm. And everybody was back at the boarding house wondering what to do next. Apparently, the brothers, it's, it's not completely clear, but I think they uh, spent one more night, that Tuesday night, at the boarding house. So now it's the morning of Wednesday, June 2nd. They get up. They go out to search again for the wayward fisher. And again, that morning, later that morning, they all come back empty, all at this point, Returning by noon. I think the previous day they, they kind of searched more or less all day. Here they searched the morning and they said, we can't find him anywhere. Fisher has vanished. They had lunch at the boarding house and then they announced to the boarders, at least William and Henry, is that, hey, we got to go. We have businesses. Yeah. We have a farm. Um, actually, they both were farmers. That's right. Archie was the one who was a carpenter in right. town in Springfield. So both William and Henry said, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to go back home. Some of the boarders, at least, were aghast. Yeah. Like, wait, you can't give up on finding your friend. Even if he does turn up, they were saying that he's going to have no way home. It's over 100 miles back home. He came with you, William, in the buggy. Yeah. You can't just abandon him. So they were kind of disgusted by their attitude, apparently, which is important. because they So they already pretty quickly had a pretty negative attitude toward these trailer brothers. Archie was very well respected, but his yeah. older brothers weren't looking so good, losing a friend and then abandoning him. Yeah. Business was business, though, so they did head on back that day. A few days later, Henry, who, remember, lived 25-ish or so miles away in Clary's Grove, he returned to Springfield, and he brought along a couple of his local friends, Mm -hmm. and they grabbed Archie, who, again, resided in Springfield, and they searched one more time. Mm -hmm. Same kind of places, I imagine. They find no one. They place some advertisements. I don't know if it's Henry or it was Archie. I think it was Henry placed advertisements in local newspapers. And then Henry had to go home again. He still had his farm to run. Right. So at this time, Fisher is this person they don't know in Springfield, mm-hmm. but it's a weird story and it aroused some like some local interest, but it was more in the sense of, huh, what do you think happened to that hired hand who came visiting with uh, some friends of his who who were brothers with Archie, the guy we know, and he just disappeared? What's up with that? Yeah. That's as much as it was. It's really more, no more than maybe some some small talk around the dinner table at the boarding house. And that was about it. It wasn't a story yet. No one was really thinking that much about it or thought this is, you know, something's going on here that's hinky. That 
however, is going to soon change. Do you like my foreboding warnings? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Okay, good. I'm just checking them. I'm just I'm throwing them out there. I'm giving them a shot. So now is Friday. It's either June 4th or June 11th. I say that because there's a little bit of a timeline, and you know I'd be doing a timeline right now. Yes. So you, if you at home are trying to do a timeline, I am fairly certain through, I'm not kidding you, arduous research. I'm pretty sure it's June 11th now. You know what? I think we need to produce Weird World timeline books. I love it. I'm in love with it, Carrie. Each page could be, you know, a little timeline mm, page. That is one of the best ideas you've ever had in your life. Yeah. So That's phenomenal. Get each on episode, it. they can sit down and... Mm. Mm. Jot down <laughs> <laughs> I know you're making fun of me, and, but and I think the, it's a phenomenal the idea. Spelling of trailer. Oh my god! You see what I see what I did with <laughs> listeners? We'll, we'll sell one. I will buy it for you, <sighs> and that's. It. Oh my god! You just <laughs> people use the word monster about you, and now I know what they mean. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's June 11th. The reason I say this is because again, this comes from Lincoln. He wrote the letter on June 19th. To a friend, Joshua Speed, an old friend of his from Kentucky, who'd been a lifeline friend, even into the Civil War, I believe. Going back, and you'll see, I'm pretty sure it's now Friday, June 11th. He says in the letter something like, oh, by this point, Fisher had been disappeared for a week. But it really would have been about a week and a half. And I, that makes, from what this letter I'm going to tell you about in a minute says, mm -hmm. makes that week and a half. Otherwise, he'd been missing only a couple of days in June 4th. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we're at June 11th, Friday. And what happened is that the postmaster for Springfield, his name is George Spotswood. I looked that up. Mm -hmm. I found a I found a website that had all the postmasters of Springfield. Nice. I should you not. That exists. Well, you know, it should. I, should I mean, thank God for it. Because yeah. uh, Lincoln's account just says the postmaster of Springfield. And thank God we know his name. Thank God. George yes. Spots. Yes. George, George Spotswood's family yes. is very appreciative right now. Yeah. They're big listeners, by the way. <laughs> he received a letter from his colleague, I guess, his counterpart in Warren County, the postmaster of Warren County, which, as you know, is where, where William, William lives. lives. That person's name was Keys. That's all I know. <laughs> I didn't look him up. I was done looking up postmasters by that point. Keys was, was provided... In the uh, account. One postmaster yeah, per that's episode it. is your limit. Besides, also, I don't know what town he lived in. He just lived in Warren County. So I postmasters were typically for a city. Really? So I don't, I, I don't know how I, if It I depends, I would think. Yeah, Maybe there true. aren't enough, you know, populated cities in Warren County. You know who's not going to worry about it? This guy. Because I didn't look it up. <laughs> and I'm not going to ever as long I, as I, I live. I feel like this is incomplete research. Oh, God, you're a monster. So... Oh, by the way, I think it's Spotswood. He actually was the postmaster from 1841 to 1844. We're now in mid-mid early mid June, so I hope he took office by then. <laughs> Otherwise, it's the guy before him, and I forget his name. So, Postmaster Keys, he's the guy from Warren County. He was curious and a little concerned. It seems that William Trailer had returned home, as we knew, to Warren County, and he didn't have Fisher with him. So some folks he knew, people, it's a small area, not, not a lot of folks, it's like, what happened to Fisher? He's your boarder and you're, he's also your employee. William, in almost a, a bragging or, or boastful way, said that, oh, Fisher was dead. And in fact, that old handyman, he willed me, William, everything, his entire life savings. And that amounted to, go ahead and take a guess. $2,500. You're not too far off. $1,500. Oh, wow. That's worth about $7 trillion in today's money. <laughs> 
Did you not look this up? I did. Or okay. it's worth about $55,000, whichever is less. Still, okay. it was a nice <laughs> haul. So all of a sudden, yeah. he's got $55K from this person who is his handyman. Yeah. And he, again, I guess apparently he's saying it like, whoa, isn't that awesome, guys? Buy your mm. round kind of a thing. It, yeah. it didn't seem right. No. And this made Keys very suspicious. He's the postmaster again. William had also told some friends about the trip to Springfield. And that, and he, so they knew that he had gone to Springfield with Fisher. No source I have, by the way, provides details of exactly what William is saying and what William said about Fisher's disappearance other than just, oh, he's dead. Yeah. So I don't know what, what kind of details he's telling people. Whatever. The upshot is people were pretty suspicious. People thought his story didn't add up. Well, that is suspicious. It's very suspicious. And it did seem very convenient as well. Yeah. So he's as a postmaster. He says, I'm going to look into this a little bit. And he again, he knew that William had traveled to Springfield with Fisher. So he wrote that letter to the Springfield postmaster and said, hey... You know, he gave him the name, said, we understand that this guy, Archibald Fisher, was in your town with William Trailer. And could you tell me what's, if you have any information, can you, if you're not, can you look into it and provide me as many details as you can and write me back? Uh, this uh, seems a little out of the purview of Postmasters. You know, Postmasters are some, Were they different? I, I think they were, but I think he's more just, I think he's acting as kind of a concerned citizen. The story didn't add up. He knew the information could be got, hopefully, from Springfield. His counterpart, again, was the other Postmaster. So he's saying, hey, here's what's going on. This guy's a bunch of money from this guy, Fisher, Fisher who he said is dead. Tell me what. Tell me what you know, okay. and can you look into it? And okay, so, so now it what wasn't happens? like part of his official duty. I don't think so. Okay. No, he was. I don't think postmasters were investigatory, but they were pretty important people. Yeah, they were. It was a it was a a plum job, a plum yeah. gig to get that job for sure. It was well, often it was part I, I of the spoil system at this point too. I you know, think when it still new, is today. I mean, ah, well, not as big a deal. No, but they do have. There is some sort of law enforcement is arm really? of it. Well, well, when it comes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to postal. Crimes, yeah, and there might have been, but this wasn't a postal crime. Often, how they, how yeah. they get you. Yeah, nowadays, I, I believe the postmaster is mostly used to try to screw up an election and throw it to one person over another. <laughs> That's my understanding. Okay. So, the Springfield postmaster, he had to have been alarmed by this. Why? Because he knew that Fisher had disappeared. Fisher had not died. No one right. ever said anything about dying. Again, yeah. Springfield's a small town. He must have known this. It was it was a talk around the town. So he either knew it right away or he. Asked around and found out that, yeah, they brought this guy Fisher here. This guy William is his friend of his and he disappeared. They looked for him. They never found him. Not and suddenly he's going dead, back yeah. there and he's saying he's dead and he got a lot, has all his money. So the postmaster Spotswood in Springfield is very suspicious. He thought it put William in a pretty bad light and apparently hoping to turn up the heat on at least William, if not maybe also Archie, his brother in town, Spotswood, the Springfield postmaster makes the letter public that Keyes had sent him. Oh, wow. So I don't know if he published it or put it up on a bulletin board. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Yeah. But he made it public. So it's all, which again, the letter is saying, hey, this guy, is, it makes William look super, super suspicious. Yeah. The reaction. I think at the very least, he knew this guy disappeared and he's taking advantage. Yeah, he for sure. The reaction in Springfield was immediate. The town was up in arms. Everyone, it seemed, smelled foul play. Wow. And they, they kind of should. Yeah. It's also, again, this is 1840s. It's not just not the internet. It's not even just not television. There's yeah. not even radio, for God's sake. All they did, again, 
was sit at home, play the piano, <laughs> sing songs, which Carrie thinks is not uh, normal. Books are a thing. They did have Games books. Games are a thing. I don't believe there was all the only game they had was where you rolled dice and you went ten spaces and that was it. Checkerboards. Checkerboards. Checkers. Yeah. Chess. Mm. Backgammon. I'm I don't, sure they were probably playing backgammon. Yes. Cards. They did not have Cards Against Humanity, from my understanding, at this point yet, though, so that was sad. They could play poker. Yeah. I'm sure Bridge existed. You've thought of a lot of things they could do, haven't you? Twist was a thing, whatever it is. You know what? You can just calm down I'm not sure. We have have enough enough activities here. But anyway, the town's up in arms. The town thinks something is bad happened. And so now Springfield is the, the new capital of the state, right? So not only did they have a city government, they also have state government in residence right. there, including the state's attorney general. His name was Josiah Lamborn. Again, looked it up. Lincoln didn't provide it, maybe because he was a Democrat. Lamborn. You're very proud of yourself. I, I'm with super this proud of myself. I did. I got some obscure <laughs> sources. And Lamborn, the attorney general, joined with the mayor, William May, and they spearheaded an investigation into what happened to Fisher immediately. I mean, they jumped on it. They said, oh, this is not going to stand in our city. If this man, who we did not know for more than a couple of hours uh-huh. at most, uh, it was met with foul play in our city, we are going to get justice. Well, here's what it sounds like to me. They were the bored. People, No, the people <laughs> of Springfield are some very upstanding yes. citizens yes. who are very concerned with right and wrong. Yes. Well, the two men decided to look into it right away are, yeah. as Abraham Lincoln would later write, quote, a purpose was forthwith formed to ferret out the mystery, in putting which into execution, the mayor of the city and the attorney general took the lead, end quote. And Lincoln sure. was considered a good writer. So <laughs> this is the 1840s. They were awful. In his story about this, his true crime story about this, he has a sentence that's 263 words long. Oh, Lord. The source I read is a, is a, a true crime source, a very good, a very good website. Um, it's, it's like an old-time uh, crime website. He, he, he has like a parenthesis. He goes, the next sentence is 263 words long, exclamation point. It's got like five semicolons. It's ridiculous. It doesn't yeah. need to be, but yeah. Yeah, it's what you did back in the day. So this time now, they are going to do a more thorough search. It's not going to be the brothers and maybe a couple of borders. Now the townspeople get a bunch of folks. Everybody says, yeah, I'll take part. Let's go search for this guy. Make sure he's not here. And I really, they had to think maybe they're searching for a body at this point. Yeah. I'm sure they did. So, I mean, a big chunk of the town came out and the mayor and the attorney general organized them together and they essentially turned them into like squads and they have them basically surround the city and start fanning out single file, not unlike is done to this day when you have missing persons reports, don't you? You'll see them go through like tall grass and everybody's like almost like tip, uh, you know, at least fairly close to each other. So nothing can not be seen by somebody. So they fan out on all sides of the town and they march away from the town toward the woods. And just the idea was, look, if there's any sign of him, we're not going to miss it. Mm -hmm. Others scoured the town itself. They searched cellars. They searched homes. They investigated wells, pits, any place that they thought a body could have fallen or been thrown into they searched. They must have had people say, yeah, come in, search my cellar, right. I guess. Yeah. They even dug up, quote, all the fresh or tolerably fresh graves in the graveyard, end quote. So they dug Whoa. up graves. If you had a new grave, you got dug up. I, I think that includes humans, 
But Lincoln also talks about how they dug up recently dead horses and dogs that yeah. had been disinterred in shallow graves by the mm-hmm. owners. They dig them up and see, just because that's not a bad idea, right? right. Oh, no, that's yeah. just where I, 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 you know, buried my horse that died. Yeah, not a bad idea to hide a body, but no or sign of Fisher to, to dig up a, a freshly dug grave for a human in a cemetery and then yes. dump oh, a yeah. dead body in with them, and then nobody's. That has to have happened. It's certainly happened in mystery stories. Yeah. So for three days, the town searched. Finally. We're not giving people hints on how to dispose of. No, we're not. I sure hope not. It was finally Sunday, June 13th that they said, okay, we give up. We can't find him. But they're still highly suspicious of the trailer brothers and, Mm -hmm. and that they had something to do with Fisher's disappearance. And feeling in the town was overwhelming. They're very much against at least Henry and William. Right. So on that day. Strangers. People strangers, are suspicious yeah. of strangers. And Archie had a good reputa- reputation and was well-liked. Yeah. So they thought, okay. But these William and Henry, because they he Fisher had come it, with William and Henry and, you know, and was yeah. their friend. Really, he was just William's friend. Right. So that day on uh, June 13th, they sent a man I don't know if they're not like deputies or whatever, but they sent some guy named Wickersham. He was sent to arrest Henry Trailer at Clary's Grove. So he must have some, I don't know if he's deputized, you know, how they, they yeah. whatever. Somehow he was had some official sanction of some sort. I don't know exactly what. Again, maybe he was a deputy. It's not clear. Yeah. So he was sent to, to um, Clary's Grove and he was going to arrest Henry. Also, they sent a guy named Jim Maxey to Warren County, which is much further away, to arrest William. And their idea was, you're going to bring them both back here and we're going to question them. Okay. It doesn't seem like they really have grounds for arrest at this point, but things were more loosey-goose back yeah, then, I guess. Yeah, they were. And again, you have the state attorney general very much taking yeah. a, an interest here. Rumors were flying at this point. One rumor was that, hey, we've seen the brothers, at least William and Henry, pass around shiny gold pieces and spend money with uh, spend uh, yeah. these gold pieces and thinking, where did they get those gold pieces from? H- how they could have heard that, I don't know, but there was a rumor that started circulating. But also, Archie was with them the whole time. Uh, yeah, he was. So if you're well, no, I mean, of, since then. Since no, no, then. No, 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 I know. But, okay, so they're taking advantage. They're getting the spoils of it or whatever, of yeah. the murder. But if he was murdered, Archie was with them. Well, they, they don't know that for sure yet. They haven't looked into and asked people about that. They just know that all that they they went out there and they, they, and they went out the woods. It could have been a situation where maybe William was alone with Fisher and they separated from the others and did something yeah. bad. I think I think the the worst of the suspicion was toward William, mm. probably secondarily toward yeah. Henry, and, and much less yeah. towards Arcy. Yeah. yeah. So, but so people thinking, oh, okay, how do they get these this gold? Were those from the the stash that people thought that Fisher had? Yeah. This tidy little nest egg. Did he like? Did they, you know, force him to tell him where he had his secret cache of gold and then dispatch him? That was mm-hmm. that was the thought anyway. Wickersham, and maybe even it seems like maybe took a couple of folks with him, a couple of townspeople. They brought in Henry first. They brought him back the next day. It's Monday. It's June, I believe, June fourteenth, and they turned him over to the mayor and the attorney general who are leading this investigation. So, so that's Henry. And again, this is going to take a while longer to get William back. And of course, again, Archie is still there. So from Monday through Wednesday, which I think was June 14th to June 16th, those men, the Attorney General and the Mayor, and presumably, presumably law enforcement as well, did a three-day interrogation of Henry. Wow. Three solid days, Monday through Wednesday, 
you know, what have you done with Fisher? Who was involved? Had they stolen the money? Did they murder him? Had they hidden the body? Where was the body? It went on day and mm-hmm. night. I'm making up those questions. I'm sure those are the kind of questions they were asking, though. <laughs> Don't you think? I'm, 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 yeah, I'm sure it was. Just says he was questioned pretty, you know, pretty extensively and, and relentlessly. Henry held out for almost three days. He denied, denied, denied. He denied any involvement. Just as relentlessly as they insisted upon, he denied it Yeah. for almost three days, as I say. But then his questioners detected that, hey, we think he's weakening. His story starts to shift. They turned up the heat. William Townsend, he wrote about this story in the American Bar Association Journal in 1933. And he said, quote, The prosecutors reminded him that the evidence against him and his two brothers was overwhelming, that they would certainly be hanged, and that the only chance to save his own life was to become a witness for the state, end quote. So they did that. I mean, this is this sounds like classic interrogation techniques that still goes on. Yep. You know, interrogate them for as long as you can, uh, threaten them, Until and eventually they break. They break. And mm-hmm. they lie to you. They, they often do. And that was it. Henry broke. It was true, he said, my brothers did murder Fisher, both Archie and William. Not me. I, Henry, had played no part in the murder. Here was Henry's story. So it's back on June 1. It's the Tuesday after Fisher disappeared. William and Archie confessed to Henry that they had killed Fisher and they had hidden the body. But they needed to find a better, more permanent hiding place and they needed Henry's help for that. So come help us. And Henry acquiesced. Mm-hmm. He's the brother after all. The next day was Wednesday, June 2nd. That was when Henry and William said, we got to go. And they allegedly set off back toward home. Home again right. was Northwest and uh, of Springfield. And so they took the road heading Northwest and in the the buggy, remember the one horse buggy? Yeah. And they first, apparently they kind of wandered around the streets a little bit. They, they took a little bit of a meandering way through Springfield on the way out of town. Mm-hmm. But instead of sticking to the road, when they kind of left, think think they're, you know, okay, we're now out of town. We're heading to the Northwest on the road. They apparently pretty quickly veered off the road to the right, I guess to the east and rode over a tall grass and about 200, 300 yards off the road it started to become woods mm-hmm. and they, they took the buggy, all, all three of them now, remember it's William is the, uh, I'm sorry, it's um, two of them. It's right. just William, William and, Henry. and Henry. They took the buggy into the woods a little bit. They cut into the woods for a while and then William stopped the buggy. And in just a few minutes, Archie appeared. He was coming down uh, kind of a seldom used road. I think it's called Beardstown Road. He he came kind of a different direction. Mm-hmm. And this is clearly a prearranged meetup, at right. least with him and with William. And he was on foot. Archie was on foot. Archie and William told Henry, okay, you post up here on this road right here. And if you see anyone approaching, shout out. So in other words, Henry was the lookout. Okay, so this is where they're going to bury the body. Uh, You'll see. Okay. Henry said his two brothers then drove the buggy up to the edge of this really thick, like like a thicket, like a brush, brush and trees, things, something like that. And that they stopped the buggy there at the edge of that thicket. And it was only about 40 yards, he said, from where he was standing on the road acting as lookout. 
William and Archie made their way into the thicket, and a few minutes later, they came out dragging a body between them. Oh, okay. They put the body into the buggy, and Henry admitted that, yeah, it was Fisher. I mean, he looked like, like yes, he bore all the appearance of Fisher, whatever. He had to have known that was Fisher. Yeah. So that was their temporary hiding place. They needed to find someplace better than that. They just, they just put the body in, this, in the thicket. Okay. Leaving Henry still acting as lookout, Archie and William drove the buggy by themselves. And he said they, they went off toward, I think it's called Spring Creek. And also he knew down there was the Hickox Mill, a lumber mill down there somewhere nearby the, the river, the creek. He didn't see them. They, they, he lost them. But that's that's the direction that they went. He, he said, "This is his story again," and that he knew so that. How he's going to alert them if somebody comes? Well, uh, now they're not in getting the body from the thicket, so they're far enough away. They just left him behind. They're going to come Why? back. They're Why come would back they leave him? I don't know. I don't know. Convenient, Henry. I'm, I'm not buying it. Okay, oh, I like the way you think. Okay, no, it's stupid. Why would you? Why would he stay there? Well, that's uh, he, there's no room for him in the buggy. By the way. I mean, there's two, remember, it's a small buggy. They have two men and a body in the buggy. So it's theoretically, That's I don't know exactly true. how big it was, but it's a very, it's a very small, right. small buggy. He could sit on top of Fisher. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> he knew at the Hickox Mill that Hickox had built a dam. So there was kind of like a big pond there as, as well. He said that they're gone for about a half an hour and then they return. And William and Archie just told Henry that they had put Fisher, quote, in a safe place, end quote. That's all they told him. Okay. Maybe that they didn't want him to know. Also, yeah. also, obviously, they didn't trust him, but this is true. They didn't trust him to be a part of it from from day one. They're just making him an eight or a better after the fact. Yeah, they admitted that yes, indeed, that was Fisher's body, as I'm sure you knew, Brother Henry. And they said again, according to Henry, that William had bashed Fisher's head from behind with a club when they were walking, mm-hmm. and that Archie then moved in to the semi-conscious man, and he strangled him to death to finish okay. it out. So they were both responsible wow. for the death. And Henry had not been there. He had been separated them on the walk, apparently, according to Henry. Convenient, Henry. It is. Archie then returned to Springfield while he and William made their way to the Northwest and went home, mm-hmm. just like they were planning to. Henry said, okay, the body's still going to be out there. I don't know exactly where it is. Because I was on that Beardstown Road. It could be in the creek. It could be at Hickok's uh, Mill Pond. But it's out there. We've mm-hmm. got to go find it. The confession absolutely stunned the town. Again, everybody thought William was involved. But I think most people were at least hoping that Archie was right. not. So this was shocking to people. Well, they couldn't have dug a very deep hole and buried him in a half an hour. So I know. So it does imply water, doesn't so it? Doesn't shouldn't it shouldn't be too yeah. hard to find yeah. if they get to the right area. So, uh, you know, this was this was a blow to the town that one of their own was involved in this murder. They were dead set on solving this case, and now they, they think they have, and it's it, it hurts. Archie was, because Archie was this pillar of the community, supposed to be, everybody thought he's this honest, good local, um, he was a carpenter, right? That's what you said. Yeah. So Archie was arrested, though, along with both his other brothers, and they were thrown into jail, presumably in separate cells, or at least Henry yeah. was in his own cell, yeah, I, w- I, I would so. think. Tempers, though, were very high. So it was said that Archie actually welcomed his arrest because he was worried about being lynched. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they turned against him immediately. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible, it's a pretty awful thing to I do. I take back the nice things I said about Springfield people then. They're good. Well, I don't know if for sure they're going to lynch him, but it was enough where he was worried about it. Gary, emotions were high. 
you for know. this guy. They don't, never knew. They were up, Carrie. They, you, you don't bring a murder victim to Springfield, murder him in Springfield, <laughs> and then go back home. That's just not cool. Yeah. How illogical is that? If William really wanted to murder him, he could have murdered him any way along the the route between Henry's and his house. Maybe he and Archie had been plotting it, though, so he wanted to go get Archie's help. Two people Why do you need Archie's help? Because two people are safer to kill a person than one person. What if it had gone back? When you bash his head, what if, it, what if he had lost that fight or something? You got to have two guys to do it, is what okay. the thinking was. I'm making that up. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And they were going to share the spoils, you know? Who knows? Yeah, but he didn't. Well, I, I, it didn't. the rumors about the gold pieces aren't super clear, but apparently, apparently okay. they all had them, or at least Archie and, and William. For sure William, and I think maybe Archie as well. But weren't there rumors that Henry was? I'm not sure. Okay. It's not, it's not super clear. Okay. So after this confession, the town went to work. They, okay, now we have some, some areas. Let, so show us where the thicket is, Henry, and Henry did. It was just exactly as Henry described. Described is right up that road leading northwest. It was just past the brewery. They found it, and when they got into the thicket, they said, "Uh huh. You know what? That looks like a struggle." They saw like scuffle, a scuffle marks, I guess, in the soil that it made him think there was a struggle here. There was a physical struggle in uh-huh. this place. You know what else? What? Well, I guess at this point, this is somewhere where they could have walked by when they were walking through the woods. I was going to say, how does Henry really know about these landmarks if the story's not true? Yeah, he knows it. Well, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. So yeah. they found this thicket. It looked like a struggle had been there. Yeah. They also found buggy tracks leading right up to the thicket. Yeah. Now, whether they measured them, I don't know, but they found buzz- buggy tracks right. just like they expected to find, just like Henry said they were to find. Uh-huh. And it was there. And this is where... Um, Uh-oh. I'm starting to change my opinion okay. now. Okay. Worse still... They found what looked to them like drag marks leading from the thicket, like someone had dragged a body, which mm-hmm. is what Henry said had happened. So just as Henry said, they found these drag marks. Then they found, the, the as I mentioned, the buggy tracks, just like Henry said, and they saw the buggy tracks go toward this Spring Creek slash mill. Unfortunately, I guess they, they lost sight of the tracks. They lost the trail of the tracks. Hard ground, I don't know. But they lost uh, the the buggy track. Is this like a... a- Semi even traveled area. Not really. That 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 little so dirt road. Way? It's pretty. Yeah, it's out of the way. Don't think it's like it's not like thick forest kind of a thing. Right. It's Midwest, so you know they're probably at some point they lost the trail. So no. You, my question is: oh. Are other people going around these areas in between the not, time when this presumably no. happened? And now, because it's weeks later. No, right? would not be. No, it's a couple weeks later. But no, they would not be. Okay. It's out there. Okay. The investigators go. Okay. I think let's go check though. Let's go straight to the mill yeah. and check and see if, if somewhere near the mill we can pick up the trail there. So meanwhile, though, back at the thicket, some other folks stayed there to investigate the thicket further. And a guy named Dr. Merriman, he forensic the shit out of the murder site. So he's like <laughs> checking. He thinks he's suddenly an investigator. He's yeah. looking over everything. He's looking at the drag trail and he finds two hairs. Oh. He picks them up. He probably puts them in an envelope like you do back in the olden days of detective. I have no idea. He put them in his pocket. And he took him back to his office where apparently he had a microscope because he examined these hairs and he announced that they were human hairs. He said, in fact, because they are triangular in shape, 
they indicated that they were either whiskers, armpit hair, or, quote, hair growing on other parts of the body, end quote. Pubic hair. You didn't say pubic hair back in those yeah, days. You said hair growing out other parts of the body yeah. when you excluded all the other. So, so they're, I guess, a little, what, kinky? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Why he thought, I mean, does, is he a hair expert? But he says because of the shape of them, I yeah. think they're armpit hair. And then he looked at them closer and he said, oh, you know what? I think I see like razor, like they've been cut by razor. These were whiskers. These were chin whiskers. These must have been whiskers. And maybe when they were strangling him, they ripped off, tore off some of those whiskers and they fell in the tracks of where I found them in the buggy track. So he thinks he's like super genius. So last we'll hear of Dr. Merriman, but he was pretty proud of himself. I am positive. Hmm. So meanwhile, the other searchers, they had traced the buggy trail and they did indeed find it uh, near Hickox Mill. And now they follow it into Hickox Lumber Mill. And guess where it goes, Carrie? Right up to the edge of, and even a little bit into the mill pond. So some, and was backed up. Someone had backed the buggy right up to the water's edge. Yep. You can imagine what they imagined. Yeah. So it's time to search the pond. Yep. And they went all out. It was like, it's probably like a, you know, fair day. Is people were, uh, Lincoln describes how they, dragged the they dragged and they dredged and they dove there were people diving in they I'm, I'm sure they felt along the silt and the sand they were raking he said they're raking the bottom yeah they were fishing i'm not sure exactly how what they're doing they're maybe trying to catch someone on a hook i guess yeah they searched every inch of the pond that they could access but they couldn't find fish's body so the next day is thursday now june 17th and they go back out to the mill and now the people are calling for let's drain the damn thing Hickox, the owner, says, what the hell? No, you can't destroy my dam. I built that dam to create yeah. this pond. This is my mill. And so he's angry, and the town's angry at back at him. And I, they say, screw you, Hickox, and they destroy the, the dam. Oh, no. This partially drains the pond, but apparently not completely. Yeah. Because, again, Lincoln describes it as partially draining the pond. And they, But they do the same thing. They get rakes. They get shovels. They, they use their hands and their feet. He's not there. He's not there. They can't find Fisher's body. And again, there's alternatives to, to the mill pond, too. There's the creek, or who knows. Yeah. Meanwhile, on this same day, Jim Maxey, remember him? He was a guy mm-hmm. sent to arrest William. Oh. Those 100 plus miles away from Springfield back in Warren County, he finally makes his way back with his quarry. He's got William with him. But Jim Maxey is not alone. There's a man with him, and his man, this man is named Robert Gilmore. He'll be a very important part of our story because he has something to say. Maxie had picked up William early on Tuesday, June 15th, at his home. He arrested him, and mm-hmm. he started back towards Springfield. No big deal, right? But he reached a town called Lewiston as night was falling. So they said, okay, we'll stop here. We'll spend the night. We'll you know, pick up our journey tomorrow. During the night, though, this man Gilmore found them in Lewiston. He had heard that William Trailer had been arrested for the murder of Archie Fisher. And he said, that's impossible. Fisher is right now at my house. He's sick. He's not feeling well, but he is very much alive. Mm-hmm. Gilmore, and I guess he had a couple of friends with him. They said, he said, we've been chasing you. We've been on the on your heels, on Maxie's and, and heels. We rode through the day, didn't rest. We finally caught up to you, and thank God we found you. So I can tell you, Fisher's fine. So go ahead and let my friend go. We'll take him back with us to Warren County. 
not so fast, right. says Maxie. Maxie doesn't know Gilmore, never met him. He knows that Gilmore is at least a neighbor of Williams, if not his good friend. So he said, I'm not going to release him to you. Yeah. You know, if you want to come back to Springfield and state your case and tell the authorities there, great. But my job is to bring this guy back to Springfield with me. And that's what I'm doing. And so he did. When, so they all go back, they get to Springfield and Gilmore repeats his claim to the authorities. I'm assuming the mayor and the attorney general, the people who are again, leading this investigation. And he says, Hey, Fisher's alive. He's at my house back in Warren County. Uh, everybody's baffled. This, yeah. this doesn't make sense. How can this be true? The story, this thing is airtight. Someone was sent to tell this to Henry and say, Hey, this guy's saying that Fisher's alive. Do you want to change your story about your brother's murdering Fisher? Henry said, absolutely not. Everything I said is true. I'm sticking to every word of my accusation. That's what happened. My brother's murdered Fisher. So there's no huh. way he can be alive in Warren County at this Dr. Gilmore's house. Yeah. The authorities came out. I guess, I don't know if they made an announcement, but the town quickly heard about this and they all just, okay, this is obvious what's happening. Gilmore is a confederate yeah. of William. They cooked this up and he's, he, you know, he rode through the night trying to just have him let go and he's going to help this guy escape. And they wondered, okay, and why couldn't Fisher come here himself? He wants right. to prove that he's alive. That doesn't make any sense. Gilmore said, oh, he's just too sick. Isn't that super convenient? Likely story, mm. said the mob. So by this time, most of the town is still calling for the trailer's blood. And right. again, emotions are just as high. So Mr. Myers, remember him? Mm -hmm. He was the unfirst named uh, fellow carpenter who owned the right. house, the boarding house. He says, hold on. He says, look, let's check. Let's get, let's, uh, I, I will go myself and I'll take a couple of other citizens too to be witnesses as well here from Springfield. And we'll go all the way back to Warren County and we'll check Gil Dr. Gilmore's house and we'll either bring Fisher back with us or we'll see him alive and be able to attest to it if Fisher's alive. And so off they go later that day. But it's still really hot. That There's talk of open talk of lynching now, even wow. as Myers just set out to, to go. And so the town worthies, the town authorities said, look, we got to do something to calm things down. If not have a trial, let's have a hearing. Yeah. And is, this um, is uh, June 17th now. They said, look, tomorrow we'll have a hearing in front of a, actually two judges, it turns out, on June 18th. And we'll present the evidence, see what happens. Maybe they'll uh, confess. You know, so let's just present the evidence that we have against William and Henry and Archie. And see what happens, and that'll you know hopefully quiet the town down. Or again, maybe we'll be able to resolve it. So, but you know, Myers hasn't come back. There's only the word of this stranger Gilmore that Fisher's alive. So it looked really black for William and Archie Trailer. So the, here it is, June 18th. The courtroom is absolutely packed. It's a warm, muggy day, but everybody's just it's just a palpable anticipation of what's going to happen. So there's a little bloodlust too. I, I, yeah. I think prosecutors were said to look totally smug. They had gathered a slew of witnesses. You'll, see, you'll hear in a minute what they ha were able to say. They were very confident. This is uh, open and shut case. Yeah. The Trailer Brothers looked despondent. They're like really glum. Yeah. They didn't like their odds at all. I don't know. They hired a, a law firm. It was headed by Stephen T. Logan, Edward D. Baker, and 
their young partner, a clean-shaven 32-year-old Abraham Lincoln, acting for the the defense. Mm -hmm. All three brothers were charged with murder, I I read. Henry. Henry? Yeah, Henry must have had a lesser charge or faced lesser charges somehow because yeah. he's acting as, as a state witness. So yeah. it said murder, all three. That can't be true. Yeah. So William and Archie for sure faced, they faced the noose. Yeah. They would be hung if they were found guilty. And again, this is it was described as a hearing, not a trial, but I I, I think it, it effectively acted like a trial. So notice, notice, talk about a speedy trial. It's the yes. next day. I mean, that's crazy. Those were the days. Now it's, oh, we'll meet you here in six years from now. And if there's another pandemic, 10. So- Here's some witnesses. A quote, respectable lady testify, end quote, <laughs> testified that on the Monday when Fisher vanished, she saw Archie go off with two men into the woods a little bit northwest of town, just like the story said. She said that was, they, they went off to what we now know was in the direction of that thicket that apparently was the murder site. She knew but Archie. We, but we also know they went off looking for him. This is the, the day he disappeared. Yeah. They didn't go until till later on, until later on that, that much later that day, they went looking for him. But, but hold on, okay. hold on. She knew Archie. Maybe it was three men, right? Yeah. She recognized Archie. Uh-huh. That's why she knew him. She said there's two other men with him. Mm-hmm. She now knew, because he was there in the court, that one of those was William. Yeah. And the other one was Fisher. So Archie oh. and William were walking with Fisher off the outskirts of town into the forest toward that thicket. Okay. Where they'd find the sign of a struggle. Okay. Two hours. She must have lived in a house that's right there in the edge of town because she said she saw them again about two hours later. And Archie and William came back out from the woods and headed back into town. No Fisher. Without Fisher. Okay. So when they were leaving town, people had seen William and Henry. Remember, they're in the buggy. And a guy named Captain Ransdale swore that he saw them veer off the trail that would have led them home and go off into the woods, just like. Uh, Henry had said. Uh-huh. Other witnesses had seen the same. So it, it, the idea was that it seemed like they were trying to what? Not be seen or something like that? Using that, I don't know how, what they figured, just go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, if someone sees you, someone sees you, you hope they don't, but they did, at least according to these witnesses. And again, there's, there's multiple, like multiple people said, yeah, we saw him. Mm-hmm. We saw him go out there. Still more witnesses said that Archie and William had passed gold coins. So that story was told and said they attested to that. And they said that was unusual, that you know they hadn't been known for that. And it seemed particularly true of William because now it was said that William was deeply in debt. So wait, they got witnesses all the way from Warren County you know, that I, quickly? I, it's not clear. Yeah. It, did, did he pass gold coins the next, the very next day or so? Because no, remember they, they were out had, searching. They it, wouldn't have had his money. If he had it on him, they would have. But how is he going to have $1,500 in gold, gold coins? coins? That doesn't make you, any sense. You're, not, you're right. It would be way too yeah. heavy. So, so I, I, I'm glad you asked that because I, I do, I do take that to mean they did get some people from Warren County. I don't know who. How? I, I don't know. Got them there that fast. Uh, it does seem weird, doesn't it? But it was. It, it uh, seems uh, unbelievable. It does. It, it does. And it may. What, what it may be. One source I, I said that is that I've, I read, the, I've read the, the, the letter from Lincoln to his friend Joshua Speed, which he's telling the entire truth. That's not in there. Yeah. Where that's in the, the account he wrote five years later for a newspaper. So there might have been some embellishment okay. by Abraham, Honest Abe. Or so forgetting that, details or, forgetting or whatever. Details. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I'll, I'll chalk that up to that. But anyway, it was said so that... you're not accusing Abraham Lincoln of being untruthful, are you? We'll see. We'll see. Uh-uh. Hey, man. I'll, okay. I'll go on that limb. He was only the best president in the history of the country. But anyway, he wow. what, what happened is that that smelled like a motive to people, that this guy's in debt... 
they, they found out yeah. that supposedly that William was in very bad debt. So now we have motive. So it's looking just terrible. Of mm-hmm. course, the star witness is still yet to come, and that's Henry. So Henry takes the right. the the witness stand. Witness stand. I love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> he repeated his story in great detail. His brother's confession. They're placing him as the kind of lookout. They went into the thicket. They came up with a body. They went off in the buggy toward either the the pond or the river and came back without it and admitted to him. The whole story came out under cross examination by the defense. He did not change his story in any detail whatsoever. He he, he was said to have really held up very well yeah. in cross examination. I think Henry's got some middle child beef. Maybe, maybe, but he came off as very believable. Yeah. So you have the signs of struggle in the thicket. You have the drag marks. You have the hairs, the human hair, supposedly, the buggy tracks. Everything totally jives with Henry's story. You have his, you know, more or less eyewitness account. It just looks terrible. All they all they are missing is a body yeah. by this point. Which, you know, so they weren't on the whole no body, no case. No, no. Bandwagon back then. That's a complete fiction. There's, yeah. abs- there's absolutely no reason for that. No, I know, but it certainly has been true a lot of times it, so. well it, it it's true when da's are afraid to try a case because they're wimping out yeah. and they'll use that as an excuse to not try a case because they're afraid they're going to lose that case and they'll look bad that's that's when it comes up from from the prosecution that's when it comes up yeah so the prosecution rested they look good again they're they're probably they're kicking back sipping on some lemonade look smug smiles we've got it these guys are gonna hang then the tall, lanky young lawyer with a high-pitched voice rose from the defense table, <laughs> and he introduced his first and his only defense witness, Dr. Robert Gilmore. Oh. Gilmore's story was simple. He knew Fisher. He'd known him for several years. During that time, Fisher had even lived at the doctor's house on a couple of occasions. Once when he had been acting as a handyman and helped him build a barn or built a barn, for the doctor, and a second time when he had fallen ill, he was said to have some kind oh. of a chronic disease, and so the doctor let him stay. They didn't have hospitals, so he let him stay at his house while he nursed him back to health. So he knew him pretty well. He knew Fisher well. Probably had bad liver from all that whiskey. I don't know all that the, he drank. All those jugs of whiskey he was drinking. No, no, no. I don't think he drank a lot of whiskey, Carrie. He was a good man. I don't know. I have you no idea. You said he was sure drinking he a jug of whiskey before. No, I, I said that Henry was passing around a jug of whiskey. And, that was and William. Carrie, let's be clear. I made that up. <laughs> I know. Okay. So Dr. Gilmore says about two or three years ago, Fisher's life took a little bit of a turn for the worse. He suffered a very serious head wound when a gun misfired. Ooh. And since then, his health has kind of regressed. But worse yet, his mind just hasn't been quite the same. He has these spells where he's just kind of deranged, or just kind of confused, mm-hmm. even sometimes amnesiac. Is that a word? Yeah. He, okay. I just, amnesiac? Amnesiac? I don't know how to pronounce amnesiac, it. Amnesiac, I think, is a person. He had amnesia. Ab- yeah. Now, I'm, now it sounds weird in my head. Memory loss. Okay, there we go. <laughs> he was damaged in body a little bit, but more importantly for the judges, he was damaged in mind, uh-huh. is what Gilmore is saying. So on that Tuesday, when Maxie came to Warren County to arrest William Trailer, the doctor got home from his rounds, like in the late morning, let's say, and what, lo and behold, he finds... Archie Fisher in bed at his house, I guess in a guest room, severely ill. 
He just shows up and lets he just himself showed in. up and let I, I, maybe his wife <laughs> let him in, a, 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 an assistant. I don't know, okay. but he's at his house. Remember, he had he had used that as a sick bed not yeah. that long before. He knew him well. He was yeah. like, I know where I can go. Again, I, I'm going to give these people from Central Illinois a yes. deep South accent. That's the way I do. Gilmore knew that uh, Fisher had supposedly disappeared in Springfield. He knew, he knew about that. Yeah. Remember, William had been home, although William said he died. Yeah, and that he goes, well, how did you get back here? And Fisher gave this just barely coherent story about wandering around the countryside. He, he can't even tell where he was. He knows for sure, though, he wound up in Peoria. That's about 70 miles north of Springfield. It's also about 70 miles from Warren County, roughly. Mm-hmm. And after the, Other than that, that was kind of a haze. But so the doctor said, okay, he had one of his derangements again. Who knows what happens? Who yeah. knows what causes those? So, he, you know, he forgets things. And so Fisher finally made it back to the doctor's house where he knew he can get help. And he said he has no memory of visiting Springfield. Again, he wasn't, he sort of came to, it's like, it's like the fog lifted a little bit when he got to Peoria and he goes, okay, I better go back home and get the, and I, I'm not feeling so well. So by the time he got home, he was sick. He'd been walking a A lot lot, over days. So yeah. He probably hitched a ride on some buggies along the way. Probably at points. Yes. About two hours later, the same day, that Gilmore said he received a note from the friends of William, and they said, hey, this guy from Springfield came and got William and took him back because he's going to face murder charges in Springfield for murdering Fisher, who is is at your house. So I, I get, they must have known. Or they, they at least said, we implore you to go and, like, you know, straighten, go, go to Springfield, or see if you can catch up to these guys. If not, go to Springfield and straighten this out. Yeah. So Gilmore did exactly that, and he says he caught up. He and a couple of friends, they caught up to Max, you remember, in Lewiston that same night, and the rest we know. So he's saying this in the courtroom. Some people start to wonder. I, I, people must have been wondering, okay, can, can we take this guy's word for it? Okay, here's another one of those details, and I'm not sure how they did this, but apparently there were some Gilmore neighbors or, or people who knew him. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess they must have been from Warren County, so I'm not sure. Yeah. And But they swore, they attested that this guy – is an up. He was an older man. Yeah. He seemed very believable. They said, "Yes, this Doctor Gilmore is salt of the earth. If he says it's true, it's, it's true. true." Yep. So he had this great reputation, mm-hmm. and some people there in in this hearing swore to that. And apparently, that was enough. Whoa. They dispatched immediately. Said, "Trailer Brothers, you're free to go." Right there. That same that same day, hmm. William and Archie are they leap up, they hug, they cry, they're overjoyed, and they said, "Don't worry about it." When Myers uh, gets to Warren County, he's going to find Fisher there. We're, we're sure of it, and he's going to bring him back, or at least they'll be able to attest oh, that they saw right. Fisher alive. He's already it, on his way. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's you know it's going to take another couple of days at least for them to get back, but they're confident. Yeah. Again, this wasn't the, the ultimate trial, but it is weird right. how the judges go. You know what? This guy, this Dr. Gilmore, yep. I like the cut of his jib. You guys can go. Did anybody have any questions for Henry? Uh, Henry still swore that what he said was true. My brothers told me they murdered him. I saw him put the body in the buggy. I saw him come back from hiding that buggy. He didn't change a single word huh. of his story. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So Archie and William... Also, cannot explain the testimony of all those people who sh- saw them veer off and saw them go into the thicket with Fish- Fisher, come, I'm not into the woods, come yeah. back without Fisher. Interesting. Well, I can explain it. What? They just want their 15 minutes of fame. They wanted. It's possible. There's I a mean, lot of them, though. They and they're swearing it, in court under oath at this point. Meh. Okay. <laughs> 
I don't know. Lincoln would write how when Dr. Gilmore finished his story and the brothers were discharged, that he, he immediately scanned the courtroom and he, he was looking out for the people who had been so involved in yeah. this kind of a witch hunt, he's now mm -hmm. thinking. And he wrote, quote, Porter, who had been very active in, in the searches, swore he always knew the man was not dead and that he had not stirred an inch to hunt for him flat lie. Langford, who had taken the lead in cutting down Hickok's mill dam and wanted to hang Hickok's for objecting, uh. looked most awfully woebegone, end quote. He said others looked quizzical, some melancholy, and some furiously angry, end quote. Wow. The best reaction, though, was a guy named Hart. Lincoln wrote that Hart, quote, Hart, the little drayman that hauled Molly home once, said it was too damn bad to have so much trouble and no hanging after all. End oh, quote. Lord. So people were, were yeah. uh, of all stripes. In the days that followed, though, much of the circumstantial evidence that was brought against him would kind of come under attack. The disturbed thicket, mm -hmm. right, where they saw the, the, um, the signs of a, of a struggle. Uh, people said, oh, some kids were building a rope swing there. They must have been, yeah. you know, messing up the, the soil, I guess. Yeah. Those suspicious hairs on the buggy track that yeah. were... Whiskers? No, they're from a cow. Henry's confession was looking more, at least some folks thought, okay, it could have been coerced. You know, they did yeah. threaten him with hanging. Yes. So uh, people re recognize, even back then, recognize that might have been not all true. But again, though, at this point, Henry is still saying what but, I said was true. But yeah, if it was coerced, then he would immediately take it think, back and say, they yeah. threatened me, they made me. You would think when they told him the day before that Gilmore says he's uh, this nice doctor from Warren County says he has Fisher at his house. Yeah. He could have said, okay, okay, they made me. Yeah. No, he didn't. He, he stuck to his, his story throughout. Yeah. Lincoln wrote how the town maintains excitement for days and days and days after the verdict. And he would later write it up at the events for a newspaper called the Quincy Whig. So you have Abe Lincoln, this true crime writer. I like you know, president <laughs> as a better ring. But so honest Abe saved two innocent men from the hangman's noose for a murder they did not commit. Or did he? Mm. It's very tough to get past the Fisher uh, was said to have shown up in Springfield. So a few days later, Fisher shows up. Okay. And he's still a little under the weather, but he came back and he with, Ma I don't know if he Max. came back with Maxi Maxi or came back later under his own accord, but he came back and said, okay, look, he really is alive. And it's like, at that point, no one suspected the uh, brothers of being murders anymore. Right. But I ask you, dear listener, who other than the brothers, particularly William and, um, and uh, well, who other than the brothers and Dr. Gilmore knew Fisher well. So, yeah, you're right. So they, they had been in the boarding house right. for an hour or two. They had a, little, a meal. They talked to a, a few of the boarders. And then they went on their walk. And Fisher was never seen again. How good of a look did they have at Fisher? How well did they know Fisher? You can imagine, a, 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 could William have said, hey, you know, hand, other handyman who looks a little bit like Fisher, here's $10 in gold pieces. If you come with me to Springfield and say your name is Fisher and you pretend that you have amnesia. So, you know, I don't know if you swear that you're Fisher because otherwise it's just Gilmore and the brothers. And one of those brothers has said, my brothers are murderers. Well, then still. Gilmore has to be in on it. Of course he does. Yeah. I mean, you know, he may have been this upright man, but if you think you're going to save the neck of your friend, would you maybe lie? It's possible. Especially what if he even thought that uh, William was falsely accused? And he's like, yeah, they have some evidence, but I know my friend, he didn't do it. Yes, I'll go along with your idea. I'll say this guy is Fisher and he's alive and I know him. 
Hmm. Even know. Lincoln, in his account, admitted that many questions remained after the trial. He, he said, for instance, why had Archie and William gone into the woods with Fisher? And why had they returned without him? As, as He said, when they left town and they veered off into the woods, going toward the thick of the same uh, the same way, why would they do that? It didn't make any sense. And why did they seem to give up the search so easily for their friends? See, they, they you know, yeah. uh, they seemed very unperturbed by it early on. Lincoln, Lincoln himself, who got them off, said these are kind of weird. Yeah, these, these and questions. all of that is a stupid way to murder somebody if you want to murder him. Like I said, wow. Henry and William could have gotten rid of him, could have bonked him over the head and gotten rid of him anywhere along their route where nobody is around. Who knows about the details of it, but that, that's never a good defense is saying that there could have been a better way no, to have done it. No, of course not. Every, all I'm these not, murders I'm have not, these weaknesses. Th- I'm, yeah, we're not in a court of law here, but we're logically trying to figure out yeah, I'm not, how I'm likely not, this is. I'm not perturbed at all by the course. I mean, if, if it was murder, it, it doesn't... It's a way to plot to murder somebody. It's not bad. I mean, I don't yeah, think it's so. it's very dumb. Well... There did seem to be some kind of a struggle in the thicket. The Chilton story couldn't negate that. This is, again, again, according to Lincoln. He thought yeah. that the thicket was a little suspicious. And he did see those buggy tracks go up to the thicket and leave the thicket. Why are they doing that? Yeah. So he was, you know, and I, I get all of these things jived with Henry's story, too. So he was a little bothered by it, I think. Hmm. And I have some more that we can add to, to Lincoln's list. Where did the brothers get the gold coins? If indeed they did pass them, which it seems that people will attest to it. Uh, um, uh, and William was said to be in debt. Well, did William all of a sudden get out of debt? He never cause... offered an explanation for any about anything about the gold coins. They never talked about it. Apparently. Hmm. Witnesses said they had only seen William and Archie at, with Fisher when they left town for the stroll in the woods. Why wasn't Henry with them? Could it be? Because William and Archie didn't want to involve their brother in this terrible thing because they didn't trust him yeah. fully. I mean, why wouldn't, why would just the people, I, I, I know where I've read anybody ask that. Why was, where was Henry? Why wasn't Henry with him? You think they would have said all three of the brothers were with him. They yeah. weren't. They had ditched Henry somewhere along the way. And here's the other thing. Why bring Henry with you? William could have bypassed Henry's house and just gone straight to Archie. He could have, but again, you're demanding too much logic from, from, from murderers. To, and, and just that they didn't do it well doesn't mean they didn't do it. Sure. Tons of, most cop murders screwed up multiple times. So again, that doesn't, the story doesn't bother me at all in that sense. When Fisher was brought to Springfield, he said the same thing Gilmore, Gilmore had warned about. So I said this a minute ago, oh, I have amnesia. I don't remember ever being to Springfield. That's convenient in the sense that what if, you know, you can imagine that they thought, okay, you, you remember Fisher, okay, imposter? Fisher spoke to these, whatever, three or four people. They might say, oh, they might try to quiz him or say, like, you know, things we talked about. Him being able to say, well, I don't remember because I have amnesia was a lot safer than than screwing up that quiz and getting them caught that way. So it's kind of a convenient amnesia. And would Henry really sell out his brothers? I I understand being coerced, but would he stick to the story as long, forever? Yeah. Would he forever stick to the story? I, I just, that's, that to me it's weird yeah it's very strange william would die only about a year later oh wow very young and archie would die two years after that they they died very very young did they die of guilty conscience <sighs> you have to wonder henry was <laughs> still alive when lincoln wrote the account in 1846 but at that time and every day since the event, Henry had refused to speak about it to any reporters, anybody else. Yeah. He just wouldn't talk about it. He never recanted his story. Hmm. So did Abraham Lincoln brilliantly and courageously free two innocent men 
from unkind justice are, did he let two monsters get away with a vicious crime, murdering this nice guy for the money that he had spent a lifetime saving up? Yeah, the other I problem is they didn't really have a lot of time to hide that body. No, they didn't. To never be found. I, you know, there's and another those question. Springfieldians tried very hard. They tried very hard to find it, but you, still, you never know. People talk about Spring Creek. Maybe they they could have they could have waited and put it in the creek. It doesn't seem like the creek was really searched that well. Yeah. So maybe it was there. He just said he saw the buggy go off toward Mill right. Pond, and and they did see the um, buggy tracks go up to it and and be backed yeah. in. Maybe they thought better of it though and said mm, that's not going to work. Let's hide it somewhere else. Yeah. But you would just think eventually. You would think going to be found. You would think, but and doesn't seem like they had enough time to to dig no, a, a deep didn't. grave. Yeah. So they probably did dump it somewhere. But it's still yeah. still no guarantees. Again, this is this is woods. This I is, know. So and and in terms of like oh, did they have a better plan? Maybe it was just a plan, and they weren't sure when they're going to do it. And so and and when when Hen, when William got with Archie and they you know finalize the plan they go okay well okay yeah. well let's do this let's get him alone let's say we're going for a walk in the woods and we'll get rid of henry somehow and we'll do it and so and then and they did it at a place when they when he was facing away from them and when, when it was convenient to do it they in yeah. this thicket and um you know had to bring henry in to help them uh hide the body the yeah. next day well i don't know i genuinely i don't know it's a mystery it is I'm on the side of William and Archie. You are you? Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of think they, they did, did it. it. <laughs> uh, but I know. I mean, the best, obviously, the, the, is it probably, I'm kidding. It probably really, <laughs> wa- really was Fisher uh, who came back those yeah. couple few days later. Yeah. In all likelihood, it'd have to be, because then you get into the realm of really a hell of a conspiracy. It's not impossible, yes, though. Yeah. You could, I, yeah, honestly. If someone like just he was just some old white guy. Yeah. You could find someone to look a little bit like him and pretend to be him. And if this Dr. Gilmore says, here he is, this is Fisher, people are going to likely to buy it. Especially since they'd already discharged them because they believed his story. Yeah. So it's possible. I don't know. Would you do what Dr. Gilmore did if it wasn't him? Uh, if I well, if I felt that my friend was for sure, for sure, for sure innocent. But I think I'd like to be clear-headed enough. If I saw that that evidence, I would think he's probably guilty. Yeah. Uh, and no, I would not do that if he okay. if I thought that that person, friend or not, was guilty. If you truly believed, oh yeah, my best friend could not have murdered somebody, but you don't really. Would I have? Would I hire a, a person exactly. to be an imposter to get him off? Yeah. Hell yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. Absolutely. You absolutely for would sure not. would. Carrie, are you being serious? I would do it to, to free you. Would you expect me to? No. You said you're innocent. I didn't do this murder. Would I connive a little bit to, to free you? Of course I would. And you better do it for me. You would commit more. You would commit more crimes. Okay. If you're absolutely positive, if I'm absolutely positive you didn't do that murder, would I help you get off even if it was something that was fair or foul? Of course I would. Wow. I hope I, you better. You wouldn't help me get, get free. Do whatever it took. If you were for sure 100% positive, I, that I would didn't do, do it. whatever it took, but I would do it legally. Uh, you're a, okay. Well, now I would I, hire you know Abraham what? You know what, Karen? for you. Now I wouldn't. Now I'm going to you roast. In fact, I'll probably turn evidence against you. I'll make up stories to get you convicted because of. Well, I think it's nice that you say that, but I don't think you would. I think I would. I don't. I'd have to be really, really sure, though. I think I, I'd be, I, you know, you always see these stories, these murder stories, and the family's like, oh, they didn't do it. They're so terrible. And you, we, 
everybody knows yeah. that they're guilty. There's a, a movie on Netflix right now, or a documentary about these poisonings in India, in Kerala, in India, that is Jolly Joseph. She murdered six of her family members. Wow. Her in-laws, et cetera. Her son is in that show. Her sister-in-law, too. Her sister-in-law, you expect. She murdered her brother, right? right. Her own son. It's like, I, I wouldn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Basically, he saw the evidence. He knew his mom did it. Yeah. And he's supporting her prosecution. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, you like to think you're, you're good if so many people aren't good enough and they, and they, they, you know, protect this, this family member who is for sure guilty. Yeah. At the very least, just go, I don't know, but you know, I stand by them, but no, it's not like, no, this is, this is, you know, persecution and they, they're faking the evidence and things like that when they know their family member yeah. did it. That's that. I hate that. I'm yeah. so sick of people like that. Just because they're your family member, don't lie to get them off to get them free when they committed a murder. <laughs> Says the God man who just it. said he would lie and commit more If they were innocent. That's the key. Guilt and innocence, Carrie. Very, hugely different. Not even the same. So, um, there. Now we know Carrie would not help me get free <laughs> if I was on a trumped up murder charge. Good to know. Okay. Well, that's the story of Abe Lincoln. Now we know what he did before writer. he became president. Yeah, he was a lawyer. We knew that. Getting enough murderers. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. See you. Thanks for listening.